Good morning, dear friends. Today is Tuesday, the 16th of June, 2020. Our readings for today are Psalm 78, verses 1 through 39, Numbers 11, 1 through 23, Romans 1, 16 through 25, and the Gospel of Matthew 17, 22 through 27. Today we remember Joseph Butler. Butler lived from May 18, 1692 to June 16, 1752. He was a bishop and an opponent of deism. He was born in Wantage, England to Presbyterian parents. In 1714 he left the Presbyterians, joined the Church of England, and entered Oriel College, Oxford. Butler was ordained priest in 1718. From 1719 until 1726, he was the preacher at Rolls Chapel, London. From 1726 until 1738, he held a variety of positions, and on December 3, 1738, he was consecrated Bishop of Bristol. On October 16, 1750, he was translated to become Bishop of Durham and remained there until his death. Butler's major publication was The Analogy of Religion, Natural and Revealed to the Constitution and Course of Nature, 1736, which is the leading orthodox answer to the English deists. In the advertisement to the book, he acknowledged that it is taken for granted by many persons that Christianity is not so much a subject of inquiry, but that it is, now at length, discovered to be fictitious and a principal subject of mirth and ridicule. Butler refuted this claim and argued that there are reliable grounds for not doubting Christianity. He insisted that nature is no more reliable than revelation, and that probability is the very guide of life. Butler died in Bath. He is commemorated in the Episcopal calendar of the church year on June 16th. And what I just read you was from an Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, a user-friendly reference for Episcopalians edited by Don S. Armantrout and Robert Boak Slocum. Let us then begin our morning prayer. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love 
and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 39. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will, utter, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of God and God's might and the wonders that God has done. God established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which God commanded our ancestors to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep God's commandments, and that they should not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle, they did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to God's law. They forgot what God had done and the miracles that God had shown them. In the sight of their ancestors, God worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. God divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, God led them with a cloud and all night long with a fiery light. God split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. God made streams flow out of the rock, and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned more still against God, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? 
even though God struck the rock so that water gushed out and torrents overflowed, can God also give bread or provide meat for God's people? Therefore, when God heard, God was full of rage. A fire was kindled against Jacob. God's anger mounted against Israel because they had no faith in God and did not trust God's saving power. Yet God commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. God rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Mortals ate of the bread of angels. God sent them food in abundance. God caused the east wind to blow in the heavens. And by God's power, God led out the south wind. God rained flesh upon them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. God let them fall within their camp, all around their dwellings. And they ate and were well filled, for God gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them. And God killed the strongest of them, and laid low the flower of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. They did not believe in God's wonders. So God made their days vanish like a breath and their years in terror. When God killed them, they sought for God. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the most high God, their redeemer. But they flattered God with their mouths. They lied to God with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward God. They were not true to God's covenant. Yet God, being compassionate, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Often God restrained God's anger and did not stir up all God's wrath. God remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and does not come again. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Numbers, chapter 11, verses 1 through 25. Now when the people complained in the hearing of God about their misfortunes, God heard it, and God's anger was kindled. Then the fire of God burned against them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. But the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to God, and the fire abated. So that place was called Taborah, because the fire of God burned against them. The rabble among them had a strong craving, and the Israelites also wept again, saying, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look, to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color was like the color of gum resin. The people went around and gathered it, ground it in mills or beat it in mortars, then boiled it in pots and made cakes of it, and the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna would fall with it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then God became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to, the, said to God, Why have you treated your servant so badly? 
Why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them, that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, as a nurse carries a sucking child, to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they come weeping to me and say, Give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. So God said to Moses, Gather for me seventy of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting, and have them take their place there with you. I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them, and they shall bear the burden of the people along with you, so that you will not bear it all by yourself. And say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wailed in the hearing of God, saying, If only we had meat to eat. Surely it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore, God will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall eat not only one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but for a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you have rejected God who is among you. And you have wailed before God, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said, The people I am with number 600,000 on foot, and you say, I will give them meat that they may eat for a whole month. Are there enough flocks and herds to slaughter for them? Are there enough fish in the sea to catch for them? God said to Moses, Is God's power limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of God. And Moses gathered seventy elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then God came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the seventy elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. And the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men, said, My Lord, Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all God's people were prophets, and that God would put God's spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Then a wind went out from God, and it brought quails from the sea, and let them fall beside the camp, about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp, about two cubits deep on the ground. So the people worked all that day and night and all the next day gathering the quails, the least anyone gathered was ten homers, and they, spread them and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of God was kindled against the people. And God struck the people with a very great plague, 
So that place was called Kibrothadva, because there they buried the people who had the craving. From Kibrothadva, the people journeyed to Hazaroth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Praise be to God. Canticle 8, the Song of Moses. I will sing to God, for God is lofty and uplifted. The horse and its rider has God hurled into the sea. God is my strength and my refuge. God has become my Savior. This is my God, and I will praise God. The God of my people, and I will exalt God. God is a mighty warrior. Yahweh is God's name. The chariots of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army has God hurled into the sea. The finest of those who bear armor have been drowned in the Red Sea. The fathomless deep has overwhelmed them. They sank into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O God, is glorious in might. Your right hand, O God, has overthrown the enemy. Who can be compared with you, O God, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, awesome in renown, and worker of wonders? You stretched forth your right hand. The earth swallowed them up. With your constant love, you led the people you redeemed. With your might, you brought them in safety to your holy dwelling. You will bring them in and plant them on the mount of your possession, the resting place you have made for yourself, O God. The sanctuary, O God, that your hand has established. God shall reign forever and forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 25. But I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things God has made. So they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not honor God. <laughs> Excuse me. So they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not honor God or give thanks to God, but they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling a mortal human being or birds, or four-footed animals, or reptiles. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the degrading of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, 
and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Blessed be the God and Creator of our Savior Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead and gave Jesus glory so that we might have faith and hope in God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 through 27. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised. And they were greatly distressed. When they reached Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes, he does. And when he came home, Jesus spoke of it first asking, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tribute? From their children or from others? And when Peter said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the children are free. However, so that we do not give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook. Take the first fish that comes up, and when, and when you open its mouth, you will find a coin. Take that, and give it to them for you and me. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let's affirm our faith together. We believe in God the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Will you suffer just set A? Show us your mercy, O God, 
and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. The Collect for Proper Six Keep, O God, your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness, and minister your justice with compassion, for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A Collect for the Renewal of Life O God, Sovereign Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A Collect for Peace O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, and all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A Collect for Grace Sovereign God, Almighty and Everlasting Creator, You have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with Your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of Your purpose. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Before I share thoughts on the readings, I would like to have some quiet time, some time to be still and hear from our souls, the divine within us, to reintegrate all the parts of our being. And so I pray that here, cradled in the framework of our liturgy, we have prayed a safe space into being, that we may nestle deep into our souls and selves, 
and reconnect. And that this safe and sacred space be protected by God and all the angels. Amen. So what I'm going to do now is pause the recording and take a 10-minute moment of silent worship or moments, and then we'll come back together. If you'd like to do the same, I encourage you to be in this sacred and protected space and to experience communion with one's divine self and God in this quiet space. So here are my thoughts about the readings. It's about more than than God providing and our faith that God will provide. Although it is about those things. It's about more than God being in all creation and yet greater than all creation. More than, more than can be contained in an idol, although it is about those things. And appropriately enough, um, with our remembrance today of Joseph Butler, and I would not confuse deism with recognizing God in creation. I think that we have missed that nuance sometimes in Christianity. For God is certainly in all creation. And we do find God in nature. Nature is the biggest and greatest and original church. Church setting, physical manifestation of church, however you want to put that. But when we try to contain God to a physical, man-made creation, a touchable deity, we miss the point and we miss out on so much else. And there's a lot here about God's wrath. Getting mad at the people for not recognizing that we're being, they were being saved. Not remembering all the things that God had done for them, but crying out for more. It's almost like God is getting frustrated with them for being ungrateful and wanting more. And I don't think that's the case. I think that's, honestly, I think that's us creating a personification of God that is smaller than God is. I don't believe that God feels feelings the way we feel feelings. I think we project our feelings onto God because it tries to, that gives us some way of, of attempting to understand. Kind of 
kind of like the way that we will sometimes blame ourselves for bad things that are happening to us because even though it's terrible for it to be our fault and condemning and shameful, at least then we have some control and we're always trying to get control. And here I feel like we're trying to get control over God by saying that famine and misfortune were brought about because of something we did. But I think we need to be careful about the language here because of unfaithfulness, it says. I really do believe what I've said before that when we feel the so-called anger of God or when we feel terrible misfortune it is not because God is punishing us but because something is blocking our connection to God. In other words, when we don't feel God's love, it's not because God has stopped loving us. It's because something has gotten in the way of our receiving that love. And I think that God's healing is a cooperative effort between us and God to remove that blockage. And healing doesn't always mean what we think it means. that our physical infirmity is some, somehow miraculously gone. Sometimes it does, absolutely, yes. And I believe in miraculous healing. But I think that even deeper than that is the need for soul healing. For that removal of the blockage so that we can receive God's love. And then that will carry us through everything. It'll carry us through the most terrible physical infirmity. It will carry us through the most tragic injustice. It will carry us through every circumstance. And that's not to diminish those circumstances. And it's not to say that we should take them lying down, so to speak. We should fight for each other, for justice. For healing, for strength for mercy. We should do our cooperative peace with God to heal and be healed, 
to bring justice and freedom and truth and mercy for all of us, for all of God's creation. There is so much bondage in the world, so much bondage in ourselves, and God wants us desperately to be free. God will and does provide. And as Madeline says, faith, trust, is trusting that God will not allow irrevocable irrevocable damage to be done to our souls. I don't say any of this lightly. We all have our own wildernesses. And I have walked through mine. I am just now being able to see my way out of one of mine. And as I've said before, there's, there's no healing in comparing suffering. There is healing, I think, in acknowledging that all of us suffer. As our psalm and our other readings today remind us, what we pass on to our children is so important. And our scripture today cries out to us to pass on to our children faith. To tell our children the stories of God being faithful to us, of God delivering us, of God saving us and transforming us. These sacred stories are important. Also, incredibly important, especially right now, is our communal story. We are called, friends, to be brave Right now is one of those times when it is valuable to look back on our communal history, particularly our history as a nation, and with God's help, reading and researching through the lens of the Holy Spirit, re-examine our history 
re-examine the communal stories that we are telling our children and face some hard truths. We need to do this. We need to acknowledge and make restitution and heal together as a community before we can move forward into the rebuilding. You know, we were talking yesterday about burning the old things down and rebuilding new. In that transition space between the old and new, this is what needs to happen. We need to look back as hard as it is at, like our confession says, the evil done and the evil done on our behalf. We need to see it. We need to acknowledge it. And we need to make amends for it. And we need to tell our children about this so that they can be brave and they can be healers. And that they can build something that's closer to God's dominion than what we built. And it's scary because it's unknown. So we can have this opportunity as well to teach our children bravery in the face of the unknown. We can teach our children that freedom is more important than false security. We can teach our children that true security is found only in God and that any of the structures of the world offer only false security. We can teach our children that all of us being free is more important than some of us hanging on to false power, to a status quo that's made us feel comfortable. And we can acknowledge to our children that it is frightening it is uncomfortable and that we, when we are uncomfortable and frightened, sometimes we act out in anger. But if you dig beneath the surface of that anger, you find the root. The root is almost always fear. So let's let God in to heal that fear. Let's trust in God. Not only that God will provide everything that we need from manna to meat to a coin for the tax, but so much more than that. All of those earthly provisions are nothing next to what God provides for our souls, for our very beings. Perhaps if we opened our eyes to get just a glimpse of the immensity and beauty 
the transcendental glory that God has for us, we would cling less tightly to our man-made constructs. Maybe if we held the things of this earth a little more loosely, we'd have room to hold the things of heaven, to touch the divine. We can do all of this. We can do all of us together. I think it's so interesting that Jesus says that you're going to find the coin in the mouth of the fish and give it to the devout collector at the temple so as not to offend them. It seems to me in our current context that Jesus is talking about not keeping the status quo, not keeping the temple tax system in place. God is not advocating for that. God is not allowing that. But God is saying that it's not about the person. It's not about the collector. It's about the system. So may we not give offense. May we not seek to wound the person who is simply exhibiting symptoms of the disease. May we go right beyond them without harm or injury and go straight to the heart of the system itself. It's time for us to seek truth at the expense of structure. It's time for us, with the calm strength of Jesus, with the peace that surpasses all understanding and the action that has power beyond war-making. I think the better way to say that would be power beyond violence. The strength that has power beyond violence. To dismantle the systems of oppression Racism, sexism, elitism, phobia, bias, all of those ugly ways in which we put down the outsider to make ourselves feel like insiders, to make ourselves feel secure. It's time to be brave and dismantle all of that.
Let's not waste our time or our energy fighting in the mud with the symptoms of the systems. Let's go right at the heart of the systems themselves, brothers and sisters. And let's do it with a calmness and assuredness and the strength entrusted to us by Jesus Christ. Our readings earlier this week taught us that Jesus gave us the power to heal and to cast out demons. And my beloveds, that is not just on a personal level. That's not just one-on-one. That is also systematic and communal. Christ gave us the power to come together, to heal rifts, to cast out the principalities and powers that be and to work healing for entire nations, for our entire world. It's time. So with the power entrusted to us by Jesus Christ, we rebuke and cast out the principalities and the powers, the sick systems, the diseased structures, and their symptoms that have held us as communities enslaved for far too long. We cast them out in the name of Jesus Christ and we give them over to Christ for healing and redemption. And we ask knowing full well that God will give us what we ask because it was in because it is within God's will for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to guide us in healing and reconciliation and building anew. That our new communities, our new world may be co-created with God and all of God's children together, one glory closer to heaven. May God's dominion come here on earth. May our next evolution be even closer. I don't want to say even closer. I think a step closer, a leap closer closer, a Holy Spirit-powered leap over the chasm, closer to God and God's will for us. May we be free, healing, and together. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, amen. Prayer for Peace Among the Nations, found on page 816 of the Book of Common Prayer. 
Almighty God, Heavenly Creator, guide the nations of the world into the way of justice and truth and establish among them that peace which is the fruit of righteousness, that they may become the dominion of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Assist us mercifully, O God, in these our supplications and prayers, and dispose the way of thy servants toward the attainment of everlasting salvation, that among all the changes and chances of this mortal life, they may ever be defended by thy gracious and ready help. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made we bless you for our we bless you for our creation preservation and all the blessings of this life but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our savior jesus christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory and we pray Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>